United Soccer Coaches is proud to bring you the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast, covering all aspects and all levels of the game we love. The United Soccer Coaches podcast is presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer announcer Dean Linky, the longtime television and podcast voice of the association. Now, here's Dean with this week's show. I am Dean Linky, and this special holiday edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast is dedicated to powerful, influential women making a difference in the game. Two of them will present. One of them will be at the convention. That means the countdown to convention portion of this show pretty much flows throughout. We start off with Molly Grisham, an amazing leadership coach. We move then to Big D, Donna Fischer, who joined me as part of Huddle 90 and Huddle Soccer Symposium a little over three weeks ago, and we share her topic, Leadership That Inspires Fierce Loyalty. Both Molly Grisham and Donna Fischer will have several presentations at the United Soccer Coaches Convention. They'll break down all of them during their interviews, and we end with a future superstar, 30 Under 30 member Debbie Peckle, who's a quadruplet by the way, which is pretty awesome. Three great women on this holiday edition, Molly Grisham, Big D, Donna Fister, and Debbie Peckle. And it all starts after this message from our presenting sponsor, Team Snap. Does managing your club or league feel like a second job? If so, you might need some help. With Team Snap, you can get it. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, everything you need is online, which means no more trips to the bank, no more lost checks, and no more colossal spreadsheets. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com to learn more. Team Snap is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Time now for the Countdown to Convention, a weekly interview on the United Soccer Coaches podcast that features the United Soccer Coaches Convention, which will take place January 19th through 23rd in Kansas City. Every week during this time, our host, Dean Linky, will take a deep dive with someone or a group of people that will be featured at this year's convention. Remember to register early for the convention by going to unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. Now, here's Dean with this week's Countdown to Convention. This is our holiday edition, yet we still have our countdown to convention, the convention right around the corner. And we're so pleased that Jeff Van Dusen recommended Molly Grisham, who played at Quincy. She is coached in the college game for the last several years. She has been the owner and lead facilitator for Influence LLC. I'll have her tell us a little bit about that. She will be leading two sessions, one on Friday called Team Building for Female Teams, and then one on Saturday called Lead Your Life, a journey from where you are to where you want to be. Fascinating topics indeed. And with that, we welcome Molly Grisham to the Countdown to Convention portion of this week's podcast. Welcome, Molly. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. So first off, right away, when you go to your LinkedIn, one of the things that you say right off the bat, you say teams don't grow apart, they die apart. I step in to bring them back together. Can you explain that model? That's very strong. I like it. Yeah. So I, I spent a lot of time as, as a college coach and about five years ago, decided to leave college coaching really because I realized of what, about myself that the thing that I loved about coaching was helping my players develop as people. And so I stepped away from the college game and started my own business. And I now work with teams and organizations all over the country. 
And what I have realized is that when teams get what I would call stretched and stressed, that's when they start to fall apart. And, and that happens to the most elite teams that are out there. We get pulled apart. We, we find ourselves distanced from each other. And so that's when I get to come in and help teams really start to rebuild. And really my work is centered around rediscovering what their strengths are as well as restoring their relationships. And I think when we do those two things, we ultimately rebuild the team. And it's been fun for me because sometimes I come in and I get to work with an elite high performing team that suddenly is feeling stretched and stressed, like teams that compete for national championships. And I get to come in and help them maintain their culture and figure out how are we gonna stay in this place even when we're stretched and stressed. And then other times I get a call from a coach who says the ship is sinking. If we don't make a change, if we don't do something different, I'm not going to have a contract in two months. Can you come help us figure out how do we, how do we rediscover our strengths? How do I, we restore our relationships so that we can rebuild our team? Um, but I often hear people say like, ah, it's just, you know, my team's just growing apart. And when we really break down that statement, you don't grow apart. Like growth is healthy. Growth is moving in a positive direction. If you're saying you're growing apart, you're really dying apart. That apartness is really the death of the team. And so for me to help coaches understand that, how we frame that really matters. Because if you keep saying to yourself, oh, we're just growing apart, we're just growing apart, we're okay, you're not okay. We've, we've got to use the right language there and say that your team is dying. Let's come in and, and restore them and get them to a healthier place. What a great answer. I normally wait to the end of the interview to promote the website, but because your answer was so awesome, Influence LLC, where can people find you on the web and, and social media? Yeah, my web page is the easiest place to find me. That's mollygrisham.com. On Twitter, I'm mollygrisham. On Instagram, I'm molly.grisham. Um, and I would say those are the three easiest places to find me. I've got a YouTube channel as well. It's Molly Grisham. So pretty much if you go to Molly Grisham on anything, you're going to stumble, uh, stumble upon me. But my website would be my home base for sure. All right. So let's dive in. This is the countdown to convention portion of this week's podcast. As I already mentioned, Molly, you have two sessions, one on Friday, one on Saturday. Let's start with Fridays, team building for female teams. Ironically, as we're doing this, we're kind of got our eye on the NWSL draft as well. I, I love uh, what's going on with women's sports right now, but let's talk about team building for female teams. What do you hope to accomplish in that one, Molly? Yeah, I think this is a really interesting time to be talking about team building. Um, so many teams have faced the challenge of a global health crisis. And, and how do we remain a team when we can't be in the same space or when our numbers are limited or we have to train in different ways? And one of the things I'm hearing consistently from my elite level college teams all the way down to youth teams is just how hard this has been to come back together. And one of the things that I think is really important for us to acknowledge is we often hear people saying, oh, we're all in this together. And while that's true, we're all experiencing a global health crisis, we're all experiencing it differently. And so we've got to be intentional as coaches to not assume that everyone's had the same experience. And we've got to create space where people can talk about, well, here's my experience for the last two years. And how do we come back together in new and different ways? So I hope in that session to give coaches some really tangible, what I would call check-ins. And this is how do we begin to have conversations and what do the activities look like that allow us to really get a pulse on how our players are doing in a little bit deeper way than just saying, how's everybody doing today? Is everybody good? Okay, let's go train. Um, and I've developed some tools in the last two years that I think will be really helpful for coaches. And of course, I'm gonna give those away. I want them to use those. 
but some check-ins I think are really, really helpful. I think coaches want creative ways to do that. And I'm going to give them that. I'm also going to talk a little bit about some of the pitfalls and dangers, some things that I've seen people do wrong in team building. Uh, because again, I think coaches want to do this well, and, and I want to set them up for success. And then I want to give them some tangible activities that they can do with their teams while understanding that the shared experience of an activity is incredibly powerful, but the magic is in the debrief. And so to give them a little bit of a framework of how do we debrief these activities with our players so that there is purpose and meaning. I often say to coaches, it's a little bit like a training session. If we just went out and said, do this activity, and our team just did the drill, did the exercise, they didn't get any better. We've got to teach them why do we do that? And when would we do that? And where would we do that? And the same applies in team building. We can do these activities, but then we've got to debrief it and figure out what do we do with that shared experience that we just had. So I really hope in that session, coaches are walking me with tangible, tangible things that they can implement with their teams right away. Yet the topic says team building for female teams. So what is the major difference or variant that you want to emphasize as it relates to female teams? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I was asked to do a session that would be specifically for female teams. I would say of all my clients, probably 90% happen to be female teams. And the biggest difference that I notice between the two is the women's teams tend to take the activities a little bit more seriously. With, with my guys' teams, they're a little more, I would just say like squirrely. Like I have to say like, guys, <laughs> come on, let's, let's get going with this activity. Um, but the debrief is also interesting. I find that the guys are a little bit more direct and dive into that while the women tend to take that a little bit slower. And so for me as a facilitator, it's really how do I pace myself in both of those environments? I can't rush the debrief with the, the women. I've got to let them go with the pace that they feel comfortable with. And I can't rush the activity with the guys where I'm thinking, come on, let, let's, get to the, let's get to the real magic here. I've got to let them honor those processes. So there are some subtle differences that I notice between working with men and women, but I think the tools and processes apply with both. Because this is United Soccer Coaches and there's 30,000 members, a lot of them male, we just talked about the fact we were watching the NWSL draft. You have to be living under a rock to not realize there's been a lot of male coaches under fire coaching the women at the highest level. So if you're a male coach that wants to coach women, you've seen all of this news, you see this topic, team building for female teams. What is your message to male coaches on why they should also attend your session? Yeah, absolutely. And, and of the maybe 90% women's teams that I work with, a good number of those are coached by, co are coached by male coaches. Um, so to me, that whether it's a male coach or a female coach, I, I don't think uh, there's a difference there. It's do you have a desire to see your players develop? And if you are a coach that has a mindset of personal growth and, and really investing in your players from a teacher or an educator mindset, this session will absolutely be for you. All right. Then on Saturday, lead your life, a journey from where you are to where you want to be. First of all, what an incredible topic is. It's probably something we think about every day and then some more the next day. Tell us about that session on Saturday. I am so excited about this session. Um, this session will be highly self-reflective. And this is a process that I use with my corporate clients, a lot of high-end clients who are really involved in personal growth and development. 
where I take them through a series of really introspective questions. So I'll start with a story, uh, a metaphor, an example that we can all relate to. And then we will unpack a question that's associated with that story. And so I really take them through a journey, a series of questions that allows them to do what I would just call that deep interpersonal work that we really don't have much time in our day-to-day -day lives to do. And so with my clients that are in like my masterminds that I run or some of my group coaching stuff, this, this is a lot of the process that we do. And it's amazing to me how a well-worded question, a question that has a lot of intentionality can almost be more important than the answer. And, and so there have been times when I've asked a question in, in like a group coaching situation and people just say like, I don't even need to, like the answer doesn't even matter. Like that question just punched me in the heart or punched me in the face. And I just need to sit with that question. So I'm going to take them through a series of questions. A lot of these are questions that I wrestled with as I was leaving college coaching and, and taking that leap to start my own business. And I think this is such a critical time for coaches to just stop, just stop and really wrestle with some questions and set yourself up for success as a person. Because we know that right now more than ever, our, our players, our student athletes need us to be able to show up for them. And we can't do that if we're on empty. It's not new information, but you can't pour from an empty cup. And I think the players that we're coaching need more and more and more and more from their coaches. And if you can just shut it all down for an hour and really do some work on yourself, that's the best gift I think we can give our players. I really like that answer as it's very holistic. And I feel like because you gave a holistic answer, this topic will be much more than just about soccer. It'll be about each individual in the room. Absolutely. This would this will apply to your coaching. It, if you have a nine to five job, it'll apply there uh, to your family life, to your personal life. It is absolutely a holistic approach that will branch out way more than to just soccer, for sure. What do you miss most about coaching college soccer? And what do you enjoy most about not coaching college soccer anymore? <laughs> I'll start with the last one because that's the easy part. Uh, I enjoy not recruiting, not giving admissions tours, not fundraising, not uh, doing alumni events. What I loved the most about coaching was developing my players as people. And that was such a small percentage of my job description. I, I, there was all the other duties as assigned. That was like 99% of my job. So I don't miss that other stuff. What I do miss is, are just like the day-to-day -day interactions with student athletes. And I'm, I'm fortunate that I'm on a retainer with some clients. And with those clients, I feel like I get that day-to-day -day interaction because I, I get to be on campus with those student athletes on a regular basis. Uh, but if there's anything I miss, it's just the day-to-day -day stuff. Those, what I would call light bulb moments, the moments where a student athlete comes in and is like, coach, oh, you won't believe what I just learned. I'm like, yes, those are the moments. Uh, that I miss, but I really do get a lot of a lot of that with the teams that I work. Wrapping up our time here with Molly Grisham, who will be doing two sessions at the convention in Kansas City, which will start January 19 and end January 23rd. Big picture, it used to be called NSCAA. Now it's called United Soccer Coaches. When you hear those three words, United Soccer Coaches, what does it mean to Molly Grisham? Mm, you know, I think the emphasis is, is on the United piece. And I think as we look at the landscape of sports, specifically for me as, as a woman, uh, the landscape of women's soccer, we've got to be united. There are some cultural changes and some systematic changes that have to happen 
Um, I think it's going to require a change of thinking, a change of, of feeling uh, for us to make some of those changes. And, and that piece about being united and moving forward and, and making our sport better and safer and healthier, uh, we've got to be connected if we're going to make that happen. Check your schedule, folks. Two sessions, one on Friday, team building for female teams. That's on Friday. And then on Saturday, I hope to make this one. Lead your life, a journey from where you are to where you want to be. Fantastic. All right. We already did it once, but I want to do it again as we say goodbye. Plug where we can find you, Molly. I found you fascinating. Molly Grisham, M-O-L-L-Y-G-R-I-S-H-A-M.com. That's the hub. You can find all of my social media my mailing list, my YouTube channel is all right there on the website. All right. We look forward to seeing you at the convention. Thanks for being on the countdown to convention as part of this week's podcast. Thanks so much for having me. As I mentioned earlier, we're going to extend our countdown to convention with another impressive female leader, Donna Fischer, who is in some ways similar to Molly. Donna Fischer, known as Big D, is considered an architect of team culture and player development as well as leadership. She says leadership is key in any organization. And she talked about leadership that inspires fierce loyalty a few weeks ago as part of a little special live podcast that Big D and I did on behalf of United Soccer Coaches for one of our partners, Huddle and Huddle 90. We share that topic with you now, leadership that inspires fierce loyalty. And we also have Big D remind us of the session she's doing at the convention. So the countdown to convention rolls on on this special holiday edition with Big D, Donna Fister. And we bring that to you right after these messages. This is Dean Linky with a quick message from United Soccer Coaches College Programs Department. United Soccer Coaches College Services Program benefits do not stop once the season ends. Your registration continues to work for you and your team with 2021-22 eligibility for Team Academic and Team Pinnacle Awards, plus all-season representation with the NCAA, NAIA, and Junior College governing bodies. If you have not registered for United Soccer Coaches College Services, please consider doing so today. Join the College Services Program now. To cap off this incredible day of insights and tactics, you're invited to a live recording of the United Soccer Coaches podcast, a weekly podcast covering coaching topics from all levels of the game. The show is hosted by Dean Linky, a veteran sports broadcaster. His guest today is leadership coach and team architect, Donna Fister. All right. With that, excited to partner with Huddle Soccer to bring a special edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast at hashtag Huddle90. I'll be chatting with Donna Fister. I am Dean Linky former press officer for U.S. soccer and longtime soccer broadcaster. And it's always a pleasure to hang out with Donna Fisher. Before we welcome in Donna, I want to tell you a little bit more about her because she is indeed fierce and powerful. She's a leadership coach and team architect. As you heard Grant say, Donna has coached soccer for more than 25 years at the youth, high school, and college levels. She spent 13 years at the University of Central Florida and helped build UCF into an NCAA Division I top 25 program. The main catalyst for this success was a focus on what Donna calls the invisible and intrinsic side of the game. In 2013, Donna shifted away from the X's and O's in order to devote 100% of her time to consulting through intense focus on leadership, 
culture, and personal development. She has helped coaches, teams, and athletes build foundations and strategies to achieve greatness. Donna is known in the coaching world as Big D and is driven every day by her passion for people. Welcome, Big D. Great to be with you as part of this great Huddle 90 panel. This is amazing. Dean, it, this is fantastic, and I, I always love sharing the virtual stage with you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Let's dive in. And what a topic you have chosen. The topic is so powerful. Back to use your own words, it's fierce. And I will repeat the topic of our discussion now, leadership that inspires fierce loyalty. So let's get a big overview from Big D, if we can. Why don't you start off by sharing your broad view of leadership, please? Yeah, sure thing. Look, on a global scale, leadership is a lot of times seen as, you know, authority, power, and it's it's about a position. And so, you know, I'm in charge, and so I get to boss you around. And that that is the problem in the world. And so leadership, for me, is one word, influence, period. And, and who who are the leaders influencing? People. Now, a, a quick check to know if you're truly leading is to look around, right? Do, do you have people following you? And I'm going to lean into this a little bit. Do you have followers because they have to follow you or because they want to follow you? Right? I mean, that pushes the door open a little bit for this topic. You see, showing, showing someone an organizational flowchart, right, and demanding that someone follow you because of some hierarchy, we're not gonna get the best out of people. There's actually an alternative uh, view of an organizational chart that I've, I've created and I'll, I'll talk about it uh, in January at the United Soccer Coaches Convention in my Friday uh, executive leadership session. But for now, in, in a nutshell, Dean, leadership, leadership is influence from my view, it comes from a perspective and a belief that people are your greatest asset and therefore they are your competitive advantage. And so how we lead them is vitally important. When you are talking to a leader, Big D, whether a coach or maybe captains of a team, how do you impress upon them the importance of leadership? Well, first I advise them to buckle their seatbelts because I, I mean, I want, I want leaders to feel the seriousness of the responsibility and also be empowered though by that at the same time. And so I start everything uh, on this topic with uh, leadership guru, John Maxwell, his mantra or his belief that everything rises and falls on leadership. Now let that simmer a bit. I mean, everything, and I don't usually use extreme words like everything, but here I agree. Right? My, my good friend, Josh Walters, he's uh He's the head coach of James Madison, 10-year Army veteran, combat operations, military intelligence. He reminded me once, he said, in the Army, there are no bad soldiers, only bad leaders. It's interesting. So, so my, my basic framework, when I kind of piece this together for, for the first time uh, in, in wanting coaches, players, whoever's in front of me to understand the the seriousness of the topic, I, I frame it this way. I call it leadership full circle. So first is you got to lead yourself. Then it's leading others. And then you finish the circle by following. All of us are followers at some point, right? And so 
we have to focus in all three of these areas. The first and most important being leading yourself. Right? You're not you're not going to be able to have loyal followers if first you're you're not leading yourself. And so this brings us to John Maxwell's law of the lid. This is in his 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. This is one of my favorite chapters. And he talks about every day there's a scale one to 10 and 10 is your best day ever. I mean, so good, Dean, right? You're, you're creating little, you know, Instagram graphics and posting it, little photos, you know, you're tweeting out stuff. I mean, it is so good. One is worst day ever. I, I want to forget about it. I just want to go to sleep, right? You put the hoodie on, bad day. And so every day we are somewhere on that scale, one to 10. This is what John Maxwell says. He says, so let's say, let's say a leader on a given day is a six, right? That's just above average. Well, typically the followers, the followers in that organization are never going to surpass or rarely are they going to surpass the level of the leader. So if you've got a leader at a six, even at a seven, that's the lid. The leader is the lid on the organization. And so leaders have to raise their lid first by, I say, leading themselves well so that then they can lead others and give room for the organization to grow with them. Big D, is it fair to say coaches should expect loyalty from players or that executives should expect loyalty from employees? No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. And, and this is the problem is leaders sometimes expect compliance. They expect commitment and sorry, I mean, that may shock some people, but I see, I see leaders constantly with the fingers pointing outward coaches, right? executives, you need to do this. You didn't do that. Why can't you be committed more? Why can't you be loyal? And that player, that follower is saying, well, wait a minute, what have you done leader to make me want to follow you? Who are you being every day that makes me want to be loyal? Loyalty doesn't come first. Leadership comes first. And loyalty, I truly believe loyalty is earned. Loyalty is earned. The topic again, leadership that inspires fierce loyalty. And to reconfirm, Donna Fister saying loyalty is earned. I like that clarification, and that was a good one, Big D, as I always enjoy spending time with you. And I know you are intentional about the words you use. And you didn't just use the word loyalty. You put fierce in all caps f-i-e-r-c-e in front of it so tell us big d about this idea of fierce loyalty it really sounds like we need to be putting the fire emojis after it for sure <laughs> yeah so look let, let's break it down you know me I, I love definitions of words what does the word loyal mean well faithful to commitments faithful to obligations and are you ready for this one faithful to a leader believed to deserve adherence i'll say it again faithful to a leader that is believed to deserve adherence well who is doing the believing it's the follower the follower is determining if the leader deserves adherence so how how is the follower making that decision well 
by what they experience being around said leader. Let, let me throw this out to you, Dean. Here, here's some questions followers may be asking to their leader. Well, who, and, and you know, not straight away, but just kind of thinking it's, well, who are you leader? Who do you become when I follower make a mistake? Who, who are you leader? Who are you being? How do you react? Who are you becoming when for whatever reason, I don't, I don't understand something. What, what is your reaction? Who, who are you leader when I, your follower, when I'm emotional and I'm stressed, right? Who, who are you when I have a lot of questions and the list, the list can go on. And so if, if we want to inspire loyalty, I think leaders, we, we need to find that park bench that I always talk about and, and sit with ourselves and think about how, how are you treating the people around you? And, and so then this word fierce, well, let me put this together. So fierce, intense, passionate, powerful. And so this combination together, fierce loyalty, a passionate and relentless belief that my leader deserves adherence because of how my leader values me, how my leader interacts with me as their follower, and that I know my leader is for me. This is critical. We are excited to partner with Huddle Soccer, bringing a special live edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast at hashtag Huddle90. As I'm chatting with Big D, where you, again, you can find her at Donna Fischer. I'm going to ask her in a moment about coaches evaluating themselves. But before I do, I want to go to one of the questions already in. I hope that's okay, Big D, as we've got yeah, a question yeah. from Zach Barnes that says, what are some traits of good leaders that you've experienced, Big D? Yeah. Great question. First, I would say they're authentic. They're not afraid to take responsibility uh, and be honest. They're, they're not afraid to ask for, for help, to put other people around them that maybe are better in a specific area because that's gonna help the organization. So the, the, the authenticity of wanting to grow, that's a huge one. Uh, with that is, is honesty. And knowing, knowing how to communicate to another human being so that they know that they're valued. And that, and that to me is people skills, which basically is, is my whole day on Wednesday uh, at the convention. Well, go ahead and plug that now since, we're, since Zach gave us that great question and Zach will probably be at the convention in Kansas City. So plug your big day on Wednesday because they added a session just for you, really, Big D and Donna Fisher. I can't wait to, to attend it. I'm going to be honest here, okay? <laughs> and and I've, said this, I've said this before already. We need better people skills. We need to, all of us can grow in the area of building rapport with with people around us, our players, colleagues, stronger connections and, and understanding how to build that relationship. And so the entire day is going to be sort of narrow in some areas of, okay, individual meetings that you have with somebody, how can you phrase questions certain way, changing a word here or there to help them have ownership, to make sure that there's clarity, uh, how to have those tough really difficult, honest, 
uh, conversations that is going to be uncomfortable for your player, maybe your colleague, and maybe in turn uncomfortable for you to deliver. But how can we, how can we do that in the best way? And, and I'm all about questions and I'm going to be sharing my master list of questions to uh, be curious in conversations and, and things like that. And with the current state, I, I did a video that I posted on Twitter uh, a couple days ago with the state of sort of our industry with the NWSL and, um, you know, thinking about the youth, the, the youth situations now, every coach, we, I mean, I know there's a broad spectrum, but we can get better at people skills, the soft skills in the corporate world. So that'll be Wednesday. I want to thank Zach Barnes for already piping in with a question as we're excited to partner with Huddle Soccer and be a part of this hashtag Huddle 90, bringing you the United Soccer Coaches podcast live today with Donna Fischer, who is a leadership coach and team architect. As we mentioned, her topic today is leadership that inspires fierce loyalty. So Big D, let's say you've got a coach that says, hey, I want to evaluate myself and lead myself better where do I start, Donna? Yeah, absolutely. It's self-awareness and it's self-management. And I always think back to the, you know, the great Greek philosopher Socrates motto of know thyself, right? No, you gotta, you gotta know yourself. And so the two places to start is uh, first is the law of magnetism. And this is, this is again, a, a John Maxwell law from, from one of his books. The law of magnetism is this. If you think about your personality, your personality as, as a magnet, okay? And there, there are things about you, there are things about me in our personalities that draw people in, that make people want to be around us. Well, that's your superpower, right? And so, you want to you want to know that about yourself now right buckle up on the other hand there are things about our personalities that potentially repel people from us that rub people the wrong way and you and you may you may know it you may not know it Everybody else in the room probably knows it. <laughs> so just, right, you can ask the question. But so we got, we have to know what draws people in to use those superpowers. And then we, we want to know what repels people because certainly, certainly you don't want that to happen. I mean, we're in the people business. We're about growing people and we need people. They're our greatest asset. And so if I can tweak things a certain way, so I'll be totally 100% authentic here. I know what repels people, one thing in me, okay? I'll be the first to share. I tend to, when I am super focused and I'm just drawn into something and it's there's a lot of organization and I'm just sucked into something and totally absorbed, I tend to have an angry face like my face my facial expression is just sort of angry because i'm so focused well what i learned was people would just walk by my office they'd look in the window and they'd see my you know they would they wouldn't come in and so i was missing i was missing an opportunity and even just walking down the hallway when i look as 
you know, super focused, you know, no eye contact, ooh, you know, big, big D's, you know, whatever's going on. They think I'm angry, but, I, but I'm not. And so I asked for help, right? I, and I, I've learned that. And so I've begun to shift it and, and adjust it through the years because I want people, I want people to come and talk to me, right? That, that's what I'm about. I also, one of my superpowers is, is being focused and able to get traction in things, but I've got to, I've got to be able to balance that. Right. So the first place to start with self-awareness and management, I say is law of magnetism. That's, that's where I go straight away. The next thing is I call situational defaults. We all have default thoughts or feelings when certain situations happen. Okay, so here's an example. Let's say a college program, you're, assist, you're the head coach, your assistant coach has a recruiting violation, right? So, so something, something crazy happens. Or, or let's say a, a player, we're in season, a player is, is playing horrible, and it's not, it's not what you talked about in the scouting report, right? They're not doing, they're not doing the game plan. Well, what is, what is your default reaction words thoughts emotions body language we have a default you have a default what is the default reaction why is that your default reaction once you figure out the default why is that your reaction and what i'd want coaches to think about is well is there anything in that that's mine to own as as that coach having that default reaction because there, there potentially is. Then how, how is my reaction affecting the situation and the people involved? Words, thoughts, emotions, body language, right? So these defaults, these defaults uh, in certain situations, once we begin to discover these answers, then the management happens and change can happen. Even as you self-analyze, you're so authentic, Big D. That's why I always like spending time with you. Can't wait to see you at the convention. Certainly grateful for hashtag Huddle90 and Huddle Soccer, who we know we'll see at the convention for including the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. I'm Dean Linky with Big D, Donna Fister, the leadership coach and team architect. Her topic today is leadership that inspires fierce loyalty. I love that topic. And a couple more questions for you, and we'll take more questions like the one that we got from Zach Barnes. Digging deep here, Donna, what do leaders need to be cautious of that can make followers less loyal? Mm, yeah. Biggest, uh, biggest thing I would say is incongruence. Incongruence. So here, here's what I mean by that. Here's an example. Let's say uh, a coach is constantly talking in, well, constantly, let's not use extreme words. Let's say a coach a lot, a lot is in team meetings talking about great character. We need to have great character. We need to be great human beings. But then out on the field is talking down to players, very demeaning, like past the, you know, sliding down the slippery slope and into demeaning players. Well, what is said in meetings is not is incongruent it does not align with what the coach's actions are out on the field so 
then as a follower, right? As a, a follower, a player, well, it doesn't it doesn't match up, right? There's not there's there's not congruence. So, I mean, number one thing is because we ask our players to do this, right? Make sure that you walk the talk, right? If you're going to say you're committed, well, let's see it. Okay. Well, as leaders, same thing. If, if you're going to, if you're going to say something, then you have to walk it also. So there has to be, there has to be congruence. And so that's, that's a big caution to, to think about. Congruence, another great word that uh, you shared with us, and I appreciate the other words that you've, you've used, like authenticity. Again, we're excited to partner with Huddle Soccer to bring this special live edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast, reminding you that the 2022 United Soccer Coaches Convention is January 19th through the 23rd. You've already seen Big D, Donna Fister, a leadership coach and team architect, right on that very first day, as well as some other days. Hopefully, we'll have time to get to that. We've got about eight minutes left. There's one more question that has come in from our folks listening. So let me go to that one. It's a question from William Fraunhofer. How would you approach inspiring loyalty to a reluctant athlete? Good question. Yeah, that's a great question. Reluctant. I mean, that's, that is where I would lean in is you have to be curious about where the reluctance originates. So I, I usually say and believe, I believe this, a player has to buy into you, which is everything we're talking about. A player has to buy into you as a person before they're ever going to buy into anything you ask them to do. So is the reluctance about you? I mean, is that, I don't know, is that uh, they're not buying into you because maybe they see an incongruence? It, and is that... Is that accurate? Are, are they because they have they have a different perspective because they're not you, so you may have to rumble through perspectives. Is there reluctance because you know they don't like discomfort, or or they're not used to discomfort, or, or their coaches you know uh, in youth or or years prior di- didn't push them like like you are so. I mean, that's, you know, that's something different. So it's asking a lot of questions in the right way, in the right tone and and sort of kind of getting in the mess with them and, and helping them, helping them understand the why to, to their, to their reluctance. Cause maybe they don't even, maybe they don't even understand it. Right. Can a lot of times I'll ask the question, is there a feeling that attaches to that reluctance like are there more emotions that you can you know connect with that because if you can pinpoint specific emotions we always talk about emotions as we kind of pick these five top five six that you know sad angry frustrated happy excited but there's there's a difference right there's a there's a difference uh if i say i'm frustrated Okay, well, are you frustrated or are you feeling frustrated or do you feel rejected? If a person uh, is feels rejected, that gives me a little bit more information as to really what's going on versus them coming into my office and saying, hey, I'm frustrated. 
So it's, it's doing the work and digging in to be able to really find your starting point. I would say there's got to be some discovery, uh, before you can take some steps forward. Always enjoy spending time with Donna Fister, known as Big D. The topic today is part of this great Huddle 90 session, leadership that inspires fierce loyalty. I've got one final question, then I want to give enough time, Big D, before the top of the hour for you to also plug your website, but also plug your remaining sessions at the convention. Your final question as it relates to this incredible topic, and I'll repeat it, leadership that inspires fierce loyalty Wrap this up for us and put a nice bow on it. What are your final thoughts about this really, really insightful topic? I mean, here's the thing is that I really want leaders to think about is are are people following you because they have to or because they want to? And when, when you get people following you because they want to, you're going to get way more, you're going to get way more out of them. Right? They're going to be higher performers. They're going to have more productivity. And the, the, the poet, Maya Angelou, wrote this. She said, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. And that's so, that's so true. How, how do people feel after being around you? How do they feel about themselves? How do they feel about their connection with you? Right? What, what climate, what climate leader, what climate coach are you creating when you walk into a room or you walk, you know, you walk onto the pitch, right? Does it, does it suddenly feel like a frozen, a frozen tundra? Like we're in the Arctic? <laughs> what, when, when you walk into the room or, or does it suddenly feel like a scorching desert? Right. And I mean, those are extremes, but what, what is, what does it feel like when, when people are around you, how are you interacting with them? It makes all the difference in the world. Cause when people feel valued that you are for them, they're going to go the distance. They're going to, they're going to go the extra mile for you. And so this is, this is why, right? I mean, your people, your people will be fiercely loyal to you based on who you are being every day and how you make them feel. And so this is why I'm so passionate about coaches, coaches advancing their people skills, because we aren't, we aren't talking about this enough. The, the interaction that we can have and the change that we can, um, help create an influence in somebody else's life. Knowing how you make me feel and how United Soccer Coaches make me feel and even Huddle 90 makes me feel, makes me fiercely loyal. And I know that seems cheesy, but I actually do mean it, Big D. I always enjoy your messages. I know it comes from the heart and it comes from that authenticity that you're talking about. First, plug your website where people can learn more about the incredible work you're doing. My website is simply my name, Donna Fischer. And don't forget the T, it's fish, T as in Tom, E-R. So DonnaFister.com. Okay. There's uh, tons of resources there also, some videos that I've, that I've done, um, different places that I've uh, traveled. 
and uh, sort of gives gives a good picture of the type the type of work that I'm doing. Uh, you kind of see see some things uh, about my personality and how my brain works. So yeah, it's a great resource for for people. Donna Fischer, F I S H T E R dot com. Check it out. All kinds of great resources. Hopefully, you have it in front of you. Go ahead and plug Wednesday again, and then plug your other sessions real quick because we've got about sixty seconds remaining. Your other sessions at the January nineteenth through twenty three United Soccer Coaches Convention in Kansas City. Yeah, Dean. So Wednesday, Wednesday is special. It's uh, it's an add on that uh, people can choose to add on to their uh, registration. I say, hey, let's let's start the party early. Get in on Wednesday from 9 a.m. to 4:30. There's going to be four teaching sessions, and we're going to be talking about people skills again. This we're going to be talking about the stuff that they don't talk about in your coaching licenses. I mean, it's it's all about the interaction, the meetings, the the relationships and connections you can have with people that is gonna get the best out of them. And so uh, four sessions that day, it's gonna be an experience because I don't like things that are boring. Uh, so I'm not going to stand up behind a you know a lectern and just talk. It's it's going to be an experience. You're going to get um, stuff that I have not shared with the world before, uh, and and so would love to to see a gathering of coaches there. Uh, my other two topics uh, for the I'm calling it regular uh, Thursday through Sunday. Thursday I'm talking about culture infrastructure. So literally the the pillars that you need to think about putting in place as far as building and maintaining a culture. And then Friday is about executive leadership, more about, okay, how how can we lead an organization to get a better you know return, to get better better production? leadership that inspires fierce loyalty you can get a taste of it at the united soccer coaches convention we are so grateful to our wonderful partners with united soccer coaches huddle soccer for including us in this incredible work they're doing not just today but tomorrow i want to thank Alyssa and david I want to thank grant wall for that kind introduction i especially want to thank at united soccer coaches sean and toby and jeff and lynn and all the great people there and Definitely want to thank Big D, Donna Fister for being a part of this. For each and every one of them, thanking Huddle 90 one more time. I'm Dean Linky. Thanks for listening every week to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. And thanks, Huddle 90, for letting us be a part of this very special couple days. So great to share that interview with Big D on the Huddle 90 platform as part of our special holiday edition of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. The first two segments, fascinating with two great women. Another woman who is making her mark at a young age is Debbie Peckle, a great member of our 30 under 30 class. As I told you off the top, three fantastic women on this week's holiday edition of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. We end with Debbie Peckle, a 30 under 30 member after this message. That's this week's countdown to convention for the 2022 United Soccer Coaches Convention, January 19th through 23rd in Kansas City. Register today at unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. 
United Soccer Coaches Advanced Diplomas have long been regarded as an excellent way to expand your coaching knowledge, advance your career, and improve your player's development. Now, with our blended format that incorporates online and in-person learning, coaches with ever-demanding schedules can earn their diploma in the most time-friendly way possible. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash advanced diplomas for more information. Welcome back to our special holiday edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. And we end with my favorite part of the show, meeting another outstanding member of the 30 under 30 class. You've already heard two really impressive women in leadership. And who knows, Debbie Peckel could be another one of those great leaders in leadership in soccer. Debbie Peckel, a member of our 30 under 30 class, joins us now. Miss Peckel, welcome to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I always enjoy talking to people from Michigan. I grew up in the Midwest and, of course, work for the Big Ten Network. So I love the state of Michigan. I think it's uh, one of those true gems in our country. Have you been uh, in Michigan your entire life, Debbie? Uh, yes, born and raised um, in Michigan. The last three years I've been out in, in different states, but just moved back home and will probably be here for, for a while. <laughs> How important was it for you to move back home, knowing how much you love the state of Michigan? It honestly gave me a new appreciation for the state, especially all four seasons. I don't necessarily like the cold, so I, I moved to a more mild state and then to California last year. So coming back, I was a little hesitant on how I would acclimate back to the you know winter months, but I just have a new appreciation for, for the state of Michigan, how beautiful it is, and especially West Michigan, where I've grown up and live currently. So, yeah, it's exciting to be back and, you know, integrate myself back in the community in a more impactful way. Yeah, glad to hear that you're working for the Michigan Fire Juniors at a pretty high level with their youth development and foundation, and also that you are working for a small school as well as part of their admissions and enrollment. We'll get back to that. We know that uh, you played collegially at Grace Christian University there in Grand Rapids, Michigan, a D2 school. But let's talk about the early days. Talk about what club you played for as a youngster and some of your great moments as a youth player. Oh, man. Um, so I grew up in Muskegon. So we necessarily didn't have a lot of great high caliber club programs in the area we had some that, that did well but it's not like they are today but I um, did a lot of just travel in a like a small Fruport fire program had a year or two years with Muskegon Lakers which is another smaller club in the area so I was kind of before the time where we've had some programs or clubs now that that have more to offer but yeah just Grew up playing with my siblings, actually. I'm a quadruplet, so grew up playing with my two brothers and my sister, and then um, my sister up through high school. So that was just a fun dynamic and just had, I guess, the opportunity to play up a few age groups growing up, too, um, which helped my development overall. But yeah, un un sadly, it was just a lot of kind of travel leagues, but um, with friends from high school and, and elementary schools throughout the ranks. So that was a fun dynamic, but um not a big uh, club program, which, you know, I, I wish I would have had the opportunity now that I coach, in that, I coach in that franchise now. You pretty much had a club team at home, though. That is fascinating. A quadruplet. <laughs> all right. I want to know all the names of the quadruplet 
And I want to know about your parents and were there other, well, first of all, were there other brothers and sisters besides the quads? Yeah. So my mom uh, and dad did have a, a three-year-old. Uh, so I have an older brother by three years. And then um, just like most families, they wanted just two. So they wanted another child and turns out they had four. <laughs> so they uh, stopped after, after that, uh, which makes total sense. Um, so now it's just my brother of three years, that's three years older. And then um, myself, my brother, Alan, my brother, Cody, and my sister, Bree, uh, that make up the quads. So it's uh, ironically ABCD, which happened on accident as well, but <laughs> it made it a really fun dynamic growing up. Yeah. So two boys and two girls as part of the quad and then an older brother. I mean, you guys could have been a TV show before these other TV shows were happening. Did, <laughs> did that ever cross your mind? I mean, what an incredible experience growing up as quads. I mean, now as you reflect on it and you think about the handful that you guys were, I mean, that's four babies all at once. Like when you reflect on it, what do you think of your parents and, and the job they did? I don't know how they were able to do it. Um, you know, my mom is a saint and I always say she has a special place in heaven um, for dealing with, with five kids, especially four at the, the same age. Um, but yeah, just a, a strong appreciation for her sacrifice and her example and mentorship for all four of us. Um, and then obviously my brother as well. So yeah, she she deserves, you know, all, all the blessings in life. Um, so now I'm in a position, we're in a position to help her as much as we can. Um, you know, for the 20 plus years that she raised us. So yeah, it's, I always also jab at her too and be like, we could have been in TLC. We could have been, you know, a reality TV show, you know, <laughs> and she was like, yeah, I thought about it, but that's not her cup of tea, but it's, it's been fun. That is awesome. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm really going to have trouble leaving this quads thing because that just, you just don't hear that <laughs> every day. I mean, uh, tell me, were you guys preemies or were you fully cooked? Because a lot of times when you have that many, they come early. Right. Yeah. So we were actually three months premature. We were in the hospital for about a month. And then, um, Lord willing, we were able to come home after a month and grew up, quote unquote, normal. So, um, yeah, the three months premature caused some issues health-wise for my mom. But um, fortunately, we were all okay and, and developed cognitively and, and physically well. So. Yeah, that was also kind of interesting. We were super small. I mean, my the biggest of us was three pounds, three ounces. So uh, very, very small as well. But um, fortunately, yeah, we, we were okay. Yeah. Well, we know that you went on to play collegiate soccer at Grace Christian University there in Grand Rapids. Did any of the other quads go on to play college sports? Yeah. So my sister actually went to Siena Heights University, an NII school in Michigan and she ran track and cross country there. She did really well, all American a few times. So it was my sister and I that went on to play collegiately. My brothers did play all throughout high school, different sports. We were a multi-sport athlete uh, family, but um, you know, after high school, they didn't want to pursue the collegiate realm. So it was just my sister and I. Was sports a big part of your family? Like living in Michigan, were you like following the any of the Detroit teams or any of the local universities? Or uh, I, I think it was a Christian-based family, so maybe that was where your focus was. Yeah, I mean, we would watch, um, you know, the Lions every Sunday or whenever they played. Uh, got our hopes down every single time. <laughs> um, you know, we would watch a little bit of Detroit franchises too, but a lot of it was we were just in sports every season, basically throughout the year. 
just to keep us busy and you know honestly being premature babies my mom wanted to make sure developmentally like we were in ways to uh, work on our motor skills and everything like that so it was more of let's throw my kids into sports and and help in that regard and I just took off and we all excelled pretty well athletically in whatever sport we were trying so it just became really the the glue of our family that held us together and allowed us to experience different opportunities with us growing up um, and enjoying sports together so it was a really cool dynamic and we just carried that over all the way through high school until you know we went on to the career uh the work like whether my sister and I went to college and then whether my brothers went into the workforce so so Grace Christian University what did you major in and when was the tipping point where you said you know what I want to be a coach yeah so I went to Grace um because I was able to play both soccer and basketball there to be honest I was going to be a big fish in a small pond and having a Christian environment was pretty important to me as well. So I chose to go there to play. I didn't know really what I wanted to major in, like most uh, most students out of high school. But since it's a small, smaller Christian college, didn't have as many as, you know, bigger universities. So I did major in human services, which is uh, like a compilation of psychology, counseling, um, sociology, social work, kind of a hosh-posh of that. Um, And then I was starting my junior year of college and ran into someone that was a high school coach and asked if I wanted to be the assistant for a varsity high school program. I was like, oh yeah, that's fun. I've always had this idea that I wanted to coach. I just didn't really know how to get into it or if, you know, it was worthwhile, right? Because I was just told, go to college, get a degree, go work in that degree, (laughs) but I've always had this hidden thing where like I've, I've loved the game so much and I wanted to be a part of it and mentor young women. So I had that opportunity present itself. So I um, joined uh, that coach to be an assistant and I fell in love with it right at that point. And as I was finishing my undergrad, I kept saying like, oh, can I make this a career? Can I make coaching a career? Um, and so that was the start of my journey um, for the last seven years. Debbie Peckle, a quadruplet, uh, which is just an amazing story. And somebody who is now doing what she wants to do, and that is helping the future players with the Michigan Fire Juniors. Okay, so after Grace Christian, you mentioned that you left the great state of Michigan. Where did you go? Where were your stops, Debbie? Yeah, so I left uh, Michigan to go to Kentucky. I was at a smaller NAI school called University of Pikeville. I went there to become a graduate assistant, uh, assistant to get my MBA and help out their program there. So I did that for two years. And then um, while I was there, helped with the uh, ODP and kind of other clubs nearby in Eastern Kentucky. Then um, wanted to, after I finished my degree, wanted to find a more uh, full-time coaching position. So I then moved to uh, Newport Beach, California, and was working with Liverpool um, International Academy, SoCal, for um, the year of 2020, right, which was obviously a fun year to navigate. Um, So I moved out there as a full-time club coach and technical director for one of their branches. Um, And then after that year, decided to move back here home to Muskegon um, and now currently working with Michigan Fire Juniors. I'm also working with a pro-am team in Muskegon called Muskegon Risers, and then we'll be coaching high school this spring. So excited to be back in the community. And tell us the high school where you'll be coaching. Is it the same one where you handle the admissions and enrollment? 
Yes, yep. So it's called the Western Michigan Christian. Um, it's in Muskegon or Norton Shores, Michigan. So uh, fortunately, uh, a pretty, pretty good D4 program. Um, so uh, this will be my first year coaching. When I think about club soccer in Michigan, you know, you've got the Hawks and Bardar and Fire. I mean, there's some big time club programs in the state of Michigan producing some big time players for both men and women, right, Debbie? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really exciting to see. Um, being from the area, not really having those opportunities when I was younger and now coming back and just, just to see the caliber um, that our local clubs here in West Michigan offer and, and the opportunities that these girls, now women, have, especially with you know UWS and, and other leagues to get involved in. So, yeah, it's exciting to see the, the elite players we produce here. All right, you're rolling along. I love your story, all of it. It's fantastic. Really enjoying this, Debbie. And all of a sudden, you hear about the 30 Under 30 program. How many times did you apply? What was it about this program that made you want to be a part of it? I heard about it when I was in my first year in my master's in Kentucky. And um, I applied back in 2018. So this was my third time applying. Um, did it in 2020. And I think the opportunity just to have that direct mentorship and the networking piece of it, I never understood how important that was um, until I started going and getting licensing and realizing like, hey, the coaching world is so big and there's so many opportunities and um, to really make an impact with the kids or the players you're working with. Um, if you have that sense of networking and mentorship and and a desire to continue to learn the game and be students of the game, it just allows you to really, truly impact the players you have um, in front of you. So it always caught my attention. I honestly never thought I would get it, <laughs> especially being in like, you know, uh, kind of hopping all over in different facets of the game, but just really ex excited that I was chosen and um, really looking forward to the mentorship. Um, with my mentor and the networking at the convention and uh, just these opportunities I probably wouldn't have gotten otherwise. With such an interesting family dynamic, who was the first person that you notified that you were accepted into this 30 under 30 program? <laughs> uh, my mom. Yeah, I my mom's been very gracious with the coaching journey. I mean, a lot of it's been getting part time jobs to to make sure my coaching schedule works. And, um, you know, I think when she sees that I hold two degrees, she would like, <laughs> you know, maybe a, a different path for me, but she really sees how much I enjoy coaching and she's fully supportive. So when I finally got this um, opportunity, she was the first one I told and she was really, really proud and really excited. So that was a that was a really good moment. And because this is the holiday edition, please tell me because I can picture it already that all four of the quads and your older brother and your entire family will be together during Christmas time. Tell me everybody's going to be back. Yes. My sister just got back midweek last week. We had a small little Christmas party uh, Saturday and we're all together this upcoming weekend for Christmas Eve and Christmas day. So that's my favorite part is all of us getting together and, and enjoying, you know, the banter and <laughs> the, the fun. And then with that, we push toward next year and beyond. If you've listened to some of these podcast interviews, I love asking the crystal ball question. And you are a fantastic study here as you've got your undergrad and your master's and you're committed to coaching. And you're back in Michigan, so maybe that uh, keeps you in Michigan. But uh, do you have any idea like 10 years from now where you'd like to be, Debbie Peckle? <laughs> That's always a big question. Um, 
I, I did move back here to kind of get back involved in my community. So right now what I'm doing is something that I, I would like to do at least for the next five years, maybe 10. Um, and that's just um, being a part of the Muskegon Risers, which is a pro-am uh, club. I'm heading up the arena format. So I'm excited to see how that turns out that this winter is the first um, first season for that. And then um, the high school team is always a really good program and, and of high caliber. So I'm really excited to just be in that and ride that out for years. But I mean, I don't know. I'm always again, open to different opportunities. Um, I did enjoy my time um, in the collegiate realm. So maybe that's always something to look at too, but um, yeah, I could say at least for the next five years, I'll be here in Muskegon, um, continuing what I'm doing with the club and high school and pro-am league, but um, who knows, really. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Will you be at the convention in Kansas City, Debbie? Yes, I am. I'm looking forward to it. Really excited. All right, that's great. That means I'll see you up on the stage on Friday night when they recognize all 30 of them, or at least as many of the 30 under 30 that can make it. Debbie Pecco, great story. And she is a quadruplet. Amazing, amazing <laughs> little nugget there, Debbie. Really appreciate it. Enjoy talking to you as well. As I mentioned, I always love talking to people from the great state of Michigan. Happy holidays to your entire family. And thanks for being on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast Holiday Edition. Thank you for having me and happy holidays as well. Great to have Debbie Pecco, also Molly Grisham and Big D Donna Fischer. This is our holiday edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. As we move toward the future, United Soccer Coaches continues to make a huge push for women in the game. And of course, they have all their great advocacy groups as well. That's why I love being a part of it. I certainly wish all of you on behalf of United Soccer Coaches a safe holiday season. We'll be back with one more edition this month as we push into the new year and march toward the convention January 19th through 23 in Kansas City. I want to thank Sean Chevro, Bailey Conklin, Erica Dyer, Jeff Van Dusen, Lynn Burley-Manuel, and all the great folks at United Soccer Coaches for each and every one of them and all of you. Happy holidays and thanks for listening to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Thanks for listening to the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. To learn more, visit unitedsoccercoaches.org and teamsnap.com.